Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. This is Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Mike at Official Pagan on everything, and hopefully I sound a little bit better this week. You are you are at, at a minimum at the top of the well. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we, we've elevated you significantly. There's still some cabling that Mike needs to secure to get him back to full audio fidelity, but uh, this is a step up from last time, so... That's good. Excellent. That's good. Well, I'm not on a cell phone this time. I'm on a laptop, but I'm stuck using the laptop microphone because my actual microphone cable is apparently not working and I'm surrounded by boxes. So as if it, if you didn't catch it because my audio was so garbled last week, I, or the week before, depending on when this comes out Yeah. <laughs> last week or two weeks ago, I have recently moved to a new undisclosed location. It is large and has many rooms. All of those rooms are now filled with boxes. I don't know which one of those has my microphone cables in it yet. All right. We are going through our second playlist. So we've been doing a variety of different things around music. And Mike came up with the idea to say, let's do some kind of mini playlists of just songs pulled together on some theme or another. Uh, And so he did his first one based on female singers. It was awesome. And that's available on the YouTube channel as a playlist. And uh, this one will be as well. I had the opportunity to take the author's pen and my you know, close personal friend, Marie Kondo, the author of what gives you joy and organizing and all that kind of stuff says, you know, you just need to always look at things and just keep what gives you joy. So my playlist are songs that give me joy. So it's just ones I hear that if I'm in a bad mood and I hear it, I'm already in a better mood. So really the name of this playlist is Kelly gives you a joygasm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a choice. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, uh, fortunately, I maintain editorial rights on the naming of the playlist. So I don't think that's going to be it, but I'll take it into consideration. At least consider it. Yeah. And also, once again, we've gotten this far. We haven't told everybody, like it, subscribe it, do whatever you have to do to get this this beautiful podcast into your life on a regular basis. You owe it to yourself, folks. You really do. Plus, you never know. When will I stop saying gash wagon? Yeah, not this episode, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. I'm going to guess, so of these songs... Mike, how many of them had you heard? I don't think there's any that I'd heard. I, I don't want to say I heard any of them, but like there's a vague level of fam- I don't want to give anything away. We'll get into it. Okay, fair enough. I know you've heard a version of one, but uh, right. absolutely. Right. So. <laughs> I didn't want to give anything away with that. But I was very confident as I gave this list, and there's a reason the song is the first one. Because it is probably the most joyful song for me <laughs> on this, and I had a very high degree of confidence that this would be complete new... Uh, complete uh, completely new to mike and that is what's your sign by harry nilson off of the album do it on monday which is a parody of the uh, royal family motto but it's do it on monday is the name originally the album was going to be titled god's greatest hits but rca declined um, mr nilson's desire to have it called that that's a great title they really missed out it's a shame so album, I think it's by Green Day. I'm not a big Green Day fan, but I'm pretty sure somebody fact checked this for me. And, and that wasn't a shot at them. It's just not, you know, pop punk is not a huge thing for me. They're a, one of the better bands that do it, though, in my opinion. They have a greatest hits album. I'm almost positive it's something along those lines. I think it might be called God's Favorite Band. With a much more cooperative uh, record company, apparently. <laughs> apparently. So I wonder if they were influenced by that. Could have been. It's a, this is Harry. So Harry Nelson started off as a, 
a great composer and a guy with just the most incredible voice. And as time went by, he uh, lived hard and uh, did an album called Pussycats with John Lennon, where it appeared both of their objectives was to try and get the other one to blow their voice out, uh, to the extent that uh, they had mentioned that after recording, they would go to the screens over the microphones and there'd be little flecks of blood on it. So that was pretty successful in damaging what was a perfect instrument of Harry's voice. But it was, so this is post that, but even after, with some damage to it, Harry still can, can kind of bring it. And that that's definitely reflected in the song. This is exactly what you would think it is. It's a pickup line based, Hey baby done with kind of a big, almost gospel sound to it. Uh, there's a female singer that he duets with on it and they just belt this bad boy out. And it just kind of barrels through. And it's just such an incredibly fun song that I thought it was a great way to start this playlist off. So I've heard of Harry Nielsen before. Not super familiar with the backstory, though. So I'm glad that you filled me in on all that because I think it's really interesting. Um, not a John Lennon guy, but that's kind of a cool, weird thing. I might check that out. I, When I was listening to this, the first thing that struck me was the female vocals in it. Since with my playlist, I had done you know a female-centric playlist for my first one because I had realized that as much as I love female singers, I hadn't done a prisoner exchange yet with a female vocalist. So I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, so I thought it was kind of cool. I didn't know if you did that on purpose, making this the first song, because I, I had kind of said, like, do you listen to a lot of female singers? You were like, no, I need to expand on that. So when I heard female vocals on the first song, I was like, is this him expanding on that? No, this was me going back into the catalog and realizing, hey, I do listen to female singers on occasion. <laughs> and she, uh, I'm not, I'm, I apologize to not be able to tell you specifically who it was on this on this version, but uh, she uh, she brings it. Yeah, she does. I, I thought the vocals from both of them were great. I thought it was a really fun song. And speaking of fun songs, with no female singers in this next one, sorry, <laughs> we go to yeah, our good. Females aren't fun. I'm, no, I'm not saying that. We go to our good friend Randy Newman off of Born Again and uh, the album where he wore kiss-like makeup with dollar signs is kind of a reflection of his opinion of the commercialization uh, of music at that point in time. And it's the story of a rock and roll band. It's the story of ELO. And it's another one that this is the first, well, I guess Little Criminals, he had started with it to to introduce much more heavy use of synth- synthesizer and electric music as opposed to more just the straight piano and strings that he had done in most of his earlier stuff. It is a pretty straightforward telling of the story of ELO, what their original name was going to be. There's a lot of name checks on the various, you know, the courses. I love their Mr. Blue Sky. About my favorite is Turn to Stone. And how about Telephone Line? I love that ELO. And it's another really bouncy uh, little number and uh, not what you typically get from Randy Newman. So I'm criminally <laughs> uh, undereducated on Randy Newman. So I'm aware of Randy Newman. I know that he has a long storied career, that he has a lot of fans out there. But like most people, I think of my very specific pocket generation there, my real introduction to him was Toy Story. Yeah, that's that's probably not um, the point of the spear for Randy Newman. <laughs> No, and I don't think so. And that's the thing, like, going into this playlist, that's all Randy Newman song, immediately Toy Story songs started popping in my head. And I was like, I know that there's so much more to Randy Newman here. I was a little bit thrown off, though. So, and, and you as more of a fan and with more background, because I didn't want to research this because I didn't want to be clouded by any of that. I wanted to form my own opinions on the songs. So doing the song about ELO, because I did see the record cover, which seems to be 
you know, skewering what was going on in popular music at the time. So is this song about ELO a genuine song? Is it meant to be critical of them? I don't know. I don't have the bigger context of the record. I would say it is not a dig uh, at ELO. It's not intended to be negative at it. I do think there's a bit of an observation as he kind of goes through this and talks about all their, their music. There's maybe a little bit of a backdrop to say, by the way, folks, while they were doing all this stuff, I was doing some really incredible stuff that you completely ignored. So I think there's a little bit of that in there. But I think overall, I think I think he's ELO friendly. And there's really not a whole lot of mean-spirited cuts in there. It's It's just kind of a fun little song about ELO. So I don't think he was going after them. On the, beyond the fact of this became highly commercially successful and I didn't, which is a theme occasionally that makes its way into some of Randy's stuff. And uh, so I think there's a little bit of a little bit of that to just say, you might want to contrast that to that. However, I would say uh, where he really distinguishes himself on albums, this this particular album, Born Again, is not not his strongest work, but this is probably one of the best songs on board again. So do you think uh, later as he got into doing movie scores, particularly kids movie scores, because it wasn't just Toy Story that he did, is that him falling into that trap of commercialization or finally getting his due commercially? Well, his um, uncle, Alfred Newman, uh, won numerous Oscars, and I think he always wanted to, to break into that. Now he tried. I mean, he scored The Natural and uh, Ragtime as well. And, uh, but there's a long story of him constantly being nominated for Oscars and and never won. In fact, the first time he won an Oscar for composition was for Monsters, Inc., you know, which is a bit of a head scratcher for me that that's the one he gets the Oscar for when the Toy Story stuff you mentioned was pretty cool. I thought the natural was amazing. Ragtime was really good too. But I think, you know, he's, his family has been associated with movies and I think he just found a really good niche, oddly enough, because I wouldn't have put Randy Newman on the short list for Disney, but he, he manages to do stuff that fits in really well. And Kelly mentioned Ragtime for all you guys who don't go all the way back with us and you should go back, check out Nurture and Support, check out the old Squat Cobblers. You'll find that Kelly's been on the rag for a long time now. That was uncalled for. <laughs> No, no, there was an episode where we did the ragtime thing. That okay, <laughs> yes. That's a callback. That's a callback. All right, sir. that didn't feel like a callback to me. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, by the way, I don't think I explained at the beginning here. Mike and I have been trying to s- stick around six songs for these playlists, so we're at the halfway point with a little ditty called Raspberry Beret, which I believe Mike is a bit familiar with. But this is by the Hindu Love Gods, which is a combination of Warren Zevon and the members of R.E.M. And uh, they put out a Hindu Love Gods album and a really killer version of Raspberry Beret. Now, you being a big, and it's a pretty straightforward rendition of it, but you being a big Prince fan, how how well do you think they did? I thought it was a really good rendition of it. Um, it's not one of my favorite Prince songs. And Prince is one of those artists, and I think I brought this up before, it's going to be hard. Like, I love Prince, just like I love the Beach Boys. But any artist who has a long and really varied and sort of experimental catalog like that, and much more so Prince than the Beach Boys. Prince has, you know, the pop record, the 80s pop rock records that everybody's familiar with. He has blues records. There's a hard rock record. There's stuff that's more rap oriented. He has ambient records. There's even a classical music album that he composed. It's just so varied and he released so much material. Whenever any artist does that, you're not going to love it all. 
So as much as I love Prince, there's a lot of his stuff that I'm just not that into. This is one of those songs for me. But I did really enjoy the cover. And it did catch me off guard. Because I, the little bit that we've talked about Prince, I, I and I could be wrong here, you're not a big Prince guy, right? I'm middle of the road on him. I, I, I don't, definitely don't dislike him. Uh, but I'm not running to his next release. Makes sense. So it was really cool to hear this. I've heard of this this grouping before, but could not if my life depended on me told you who was involved in it. Yeah, it, it was an, it's a pretty nice combination. If I was to, I mean, I, Warren Zevon was an interesting character. I don't know who you'd say, oh yeah, he'd fit in really good with X or Y. But this is a nice combination. And so it's, it's another really fun song. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. it. It caught me off guard. Again, I thought it was cool because I threw a cover on my my first one that I was like, okay, Kelly's definitely not familiar with this artist, but he knows the song. So I thought that was cool that I got one of those too. Yeah, actually, I didn't entirely think yeah. about that till you just mentioned it, but you're right. Yeah, and this was back back in the, as we've established on past Squat Cobblers, the noblest of all audio devices is the, the, the Zune. And, you know, everybody should have a Zune. But before the Zune, when uh, the very first MP3 players were coming out uh, that could hold, you know, tens of songs. And, uh, <laughs> I had one then, a little thing that you could pop in so you could play it if your car had a cassette deck that you could play it through the cassette deck into the car speakers. And this version of Raspberry Beret was uh, on this list of about 10 songs that I used to play as I was taking my daughters to school or whatever. And to this day, matter of fact, just a week ago, I was asked by one of them to say, hey, can you can you get us that playlist of those songs? Because they really liked it. It was Raspberry Beret, Veronica by Elvis Costello, Hunting Tigers Out in India by the Bonzo Dog Duda Band. And uh, Black Blade was another one on there by Blue Oyster Cult, which happens to be the next song uh, that we're going to talk about, which is Joan Crawford. Uh, I, I purposely, uh, when I made the playlist, included a version of it that had the lyrics, because we've established in the past, I'm a big lyrics guy. Blue Oyster Cult can really bring it from a kind of kind of dark lyrical content. And Joan Crawford, kind of a really broad, strong song, has some amazing lyrics when you get this these lines that go, Catholic schoolgirls throw away their mascara. They chain themselves to the axles of Big Mac trucks. The sky is filled with shivering angels. The fat lady laughs. Gentlemen, start your trucks. That's magic to me. I love that. Sung in a yeah, menacing way. So I was introduced to Blue Oyster Cult as a kid through the movie Bad Channels, their musical that they did. I still need to see that. Amazing. Um, so I, I was a huge fan of pretty much anything that a man named Charles Band made at that time. Charles Band is the son of Richard Band. Richard Band was a, a very prominent filmmaker, I guess in the 50s and 60s predominantly. And then Charles Band started took, taking over the family business, so to speak, in the 80s. But he turned out more like genre type stuff. Low budget sci-fi horror movies that as a kid absolutely loved, ate them up as much as I could. And then I got to work for him. I got to make Evil Bong for him. So he actually helped kickstart my career on that stuff in a really big way, not just influencing me as a kid because I loved his movies. So in a roundabout way, he's the one who introduced me to Blue Easter Cult because he produced the Blue Easter Cult musical. <laughs> bad channel which is awesome <laughs> it's a rock musical uh 1950s style sci-fi movie it's amazing you need to watch it but i love blue oyster cult that got me into blue oyster cult i remember getting the bad channel soundtrack as a kid 
really getting into Blue Oyster Cult and then going out and buying their other albums. And obviously I'd heard on the radio, I'd heard Don't Fear the Reaper, I'd heard Godzilla. And not that I didn't like those songs, but that's what really introduced me to them. So I went back with a completely different sort of fresh set of ears on it. And this is a song that I I know I've heard before, but it never struck me the same way until I really listened to it for the playlist and picked up on a lot of the same lyrics that Kelly's quoting. It's a fun one and you get a you get to Joan Crawford, you know, going, Christina, mommy's home towards the end, which is kind of creepy and fun, but just a good rocking song as well as Blue Oyster Cult can easily, easily do. Absolutely. I would love to do, it would be a really difficult one. I would love to do Bad Channels, the soundtrack as a prisoner exchange, but I feel like you have to see the movie to appreciate it. So go watch the movie. <laughs> then well, we do that as a prisoner exchange. Well, and as we continue to, as you get set up electronically and we work through some other things, we, you know, we had a, a bit of a fit and start with squat cinema and we were doing that. That may be a really good, good candidate for that as well. Yeah, that would be a perfect one. Okay. So speaking of bands that can rock out a little bit, the next one is from the clash and it's, this is radio clash, tremendous video to this really, really fun video. I believe I'd have to go back and look, but I'm fairly confident this is recorded in between London Calling and San, Sandinista. And since they put about every song possible on Sandinista, I'm not really sure why This Is Radio Clash didn't make it onto the, the three albums of Sandinista. But it's one of the better Clash songs that's out there. It's got uh, a much more of a, uh, a rhythm dance kind of thing going to it to a certain degree. Joe Strummer is just spitting out the lyrics the way Joe Strummer can do. And it's, this is Radio Clash on Pirate Satellite. And it's just kind of a funky little fun number. So I had definitely heard this song before, obviously. But it was never one of my favorite Clash songs. I'm a London Calling guy, as we, as we kind of talked about. But I, I've never been a Clash like album guy. Like I just know so many other songs. I love London Calling, but never really delved too deeply into the other albums. So what album is this from then? Because you just said it came out in between two albums, right? So how was this released? Uh, this is just a single. This was this is never beyond an, uh, maybe a compilation album, or some of those things. It was never associated with a with an album. Interesting, because it is a song that I'm familiar with. Yeah, it. I mean, so like when they were on Tom Snyder, uh, the uh, whatever that show used to be called, the the Tomorrow Show or whatever, they performed it. It was on the radio quite a bit, but it it um it wasn't associated with any album. That's really interesting. I, I do really enjoy the song though, and again. As we discussed uh, on our Clash Prisoner Exchange, you know, in one album by The Clash, you can hear the blueprint or the early starts and fits of five different genres. And you're hearing it again with this song. Again, something totally different and yet still maintains the feel of The Clash, which is why they're such a great band. Absolutely. And we wrap it up with, and what I did, so there will probably be another Songs That Bring Me Joy playlist. This was songs that bring me joy from groups that I'm already a huge fan of. So Harry Nilsson, Randy Newman, Warren Zevon, Blue Oyster Cult, The Clash. These are all homies for me, big fans of all of them. Tony O.K., we've talked about him before. I'm a big Tony O.K. fan. You Will Go Free. Most of the time, Tony o, my favorite Tony o stuff is sarcastic, sardonic. He's kind of running through this one's a, a much more kind of passionate, heartfelt song. I just am amazed when I listen to this, just kind of the beauty of this song and how it builds. 
There's uh, some times where he's doing a little bit of a duet with a backup singer that really punches through. And the song builds and the chorus of I don't know when and I don't know how just really, uh, really strikes me. And it's just it's a beaut to me, a beautiful song and something I can listen to again and again. It's actually the longest song on this playlist comes in at about six minutes and 39 seconds. But I think it's just a masterpiece, an incredibly well executed song. Unlike most Tony O'K stuff that you typically hear, but it's just a really powerful song, and I thought a nice way to end the playlist. This song really kind of threw me off because my familiarity with Tony O'K is really just limited to the stuff you've recommended that I listen to. And while I've really enjoyed it, I still haven't delved that deeply into everything else that's out there. But I thought I had a pretty good feel on the more sarcastic kind of tone of it. So this really threw me off listening to it, but I really enjoyed it still. Yeah, if you get a chance after you subscribe to our YouTube channel and the blog and do all that stuff, make sure you get to this playlist. Get down there to You Will Go Free and uh, give it a listen because it's a it's a fantastic song. So that's two playlists down. I assume we'll continue doing this on an infrequent basis. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I think it, uh, I'm trying to come up with theming for... Uh, the next one or two, we'll we'll figure that out. But yeah, I think I'll enjoy doing it as well. So we hope you all good, good time to throw in there. I already have my next playlist done. I was thinking about my next one. Oh, <laughs> you're you're ahead you're ahead of me there. So and yeah, I have my next couple prisoner exchanges planned out. I'm ready. Oh boy, it looks like. Well, I think we're gonna wrap this up because I got some work to do <laughs> to get ready. So like to thank everybody for listening, and we'll be back again. Thank you, everyone.